Hey, what's up, everybody, and thank you for checking out the Derek Diamond Experience. This week, you'll be hearing my conversation with host of the Indie Lounge, Miss Mandy Del Rio. But first, I want to tell you about a fantastic new album from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. It's called Murder Mystery Night and features 10 original tracks, including their new single, Carne Asada, and Twin Peaks, which happens to be the theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. Murder Mystery Night is currently available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And if you're interested in booking them for shows, like them on Facebook, just search for The Unicorn Wranglers. And don't forget to follow them on both Twitter and Instagram, and those handles are at Wranglers. That's at U-W-R-A-N-G-L-E-R-S. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Derek, Derek. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Experience! Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience. As always, I am coming to you from the mean streets of Pensacola, Florida. It is May 18th, 2015, and I'm recording this open early Monday morning, May 18th, so you are getting this podcast a little bit later than usual, and I do apologize for that. I had a very busy and long weekend. Saturday was probably the busiest game that we've had this season, busier than opening day, which is very surprising, and not to mention our department was short-staffed, so we we all kind of had to band together and you know, make sure we got through the game okay, and we did. I mean, there were obviously some bumps along the way, but we did make it through that. And then Sunday, yesterday, I went on a tubing trip with my girlfriend, Margot, and that was a lot of fun, It was, but it was a very long day. We were on the water for close to five hours, I think, and it was kind of cool, though, because, you know, you don't have your phone with you, and I don't wear a watch, so... I didn't really know what time it was the entire day, and it was actually kind of nice to just not have to worry about time or, you know, anywhere to be or anything like that. But when we got back, uh, I was very, very exhausted. You know, being out in the sun all day takes a lot out of you, so I did not record the open last night, so that's why I'm here doing it this morning. And I'm actually sitting here in a powerless apartment. Uh, Gulf Power is outside doing some type of electrical work, so... Right now, I am without power, so I'm sitting in a very dark apartment. But other than that, there's not that much to talk about for this open. I do want to give my quick review of the new movie Mad Max Fury Road, which Margot and myself saw on Friday. And I had high expectations going into this movie. All the previews have looked great. I'm a fan of the old Mad Max movies. One and two, well, one was okay, two was awesome, and three was, was just okay. But... I always like a good post-apocalyptic story, and George Miller, who got to direct this new movie, he was also the director and the creator of the old Mad Max movie starring Mel Gibson, and I'm a big fan of this post-apocalyptic world that he's created where there's really little to no sense of hope, everything's deserted, You've got vehicles that the body will look like an old 1940s or 1950s car, but the wheels will be huge, like monster truck type wheels. So everyone pretty much has to get by on what they find. And the story of this movie wasn't what I expected. 
And I'm not going to give any spoilers for those who haven't seen it yet, but the best way I can describe it is it was a testosterone-driven action movie because it really is nonstop. There's you know, always something going on, or you have this feeling of uneasiness, this feeling of tension throughout the entire two-hour movie. But it's testosterone-driven action with a little bit of feminism attached to it. There, there's a lot of strong female characters in this movie. And I mean, Charlie Theron was great. Uh, Tom Hardy did a great job as the new Mad Max. And even though they didn't really talk that much, you didn't really need that much dialogue to move the story along. And as I said, I was a fan of the post-apocalyptic world setting that George Miller created. It's kind of like the world itself is its own character. So I would highly recommend checking it out. The effects are great. Uh, most of them are practical, which I thought was great. The effects were great. Uh, acting was solid. Action was phenomenal. So I would definitely go see it. I probably liked it just as much, if not a little bit more, than Avengers. So definitely go check it out. But other than that, there's really not that much to discuss, so we're going to jump right to our guest this week. And my guest this week, as you heard at the top of the show, is the host of the Indie Lounge TV show based out of New Jersey. Her name is Mandy Del Rio, and she reached out to me over email a few weeks ago asking if she could come on the show uh, to promote her work. And how she knows me is that I interviewed her boyfriend, Jack Thomas Smith, who was the director that I interviewed last fall, and he'll be coming back on the show next week to promote his new project called In the Dark. But Mandy and myself had a really nice conversation. We talked about her being from California, how she met Jack, how she got started with the Indie Lounge, wanting to get into acting, some of the guests that she has had on her show, movies. I mean, we talked a lot about movies because she grew up being a huge fan of film and honestly likes a huge variety as far as genre goes, which I appreciate because I'm the same way. So definitely search for The Indie Lounge on YouTube. You can actually watch full episodes on there. It's a really fun show, very informative. It highlights independent artists, whether it be actors, songwriters, a lot like this show. But that's really all I have to say for this open. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful conversation I had with Mandy Del Rio. Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience, here with my guest from the Indie Lounge, Miss Mandy Del Rio. Mandy, welcome to the show. Hey, Derek. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, no problem. No problem. So um, where, where exactly are you calling us from? Well, I, I'm calling you from Northwest New Jersey, and that's where the show is based out of. Nice. Are, are you from New Jersey? I'm actually not. I'm from California myself, uh, from the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, cool. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right on the beach, a little town called Pacifica, California. So you went from like pretty much the personification of the West Coast to the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> was that was that kind of a, a culture shock whenever you moved to New Jersey? I mean, it still is. There's a lot of differences that I note a lot. Um, daily, I notice differences. But the weird thing about me is I've always been curious about New Jersey. Um, I've always wanted to come here. I've always wanted to live on the East Coast. New York has always appealed to me. Um, and so I, 
you know, as much as there's differences and I could complain about this and that overall, this, I still feel like I belong here on the East coast. How long have you lived in New Jersey? Um, a couple of years now. Okay. Yeah. So, so not long, but we actually, I moved from Pacifica, California to North Carolina, right outside of Charlotte. And that's where I met Jack. And then he being from New Jersey and, and we had to do a lot of the post work for infliction his movie infliction up in New Jersey. So we were going back and forth all the time. And, and like I said, I've always had a weird curiosity for Jersey. My parents lived there back in that lived here back in the sixties. So I've just had a weird, you know, seeing pictures and stuff. I've always been intrigued by it. Um, so we couldn't wait to get back here and, and start our life in New Jersey. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I haven't been to, to either San Francisco or, uh, New Jersey. So I was just curious if there were any, you know, major differences and something, oh, yeah. <laughs> and something I always ask, uh, my guests who are either living in or from the West coast is you saying you're from the San Francisco area is traffic really as bad as I've heard in LA and Southern California. Yes. LA is, is a nightmare. And Sometimes San Francisco can get gridlocked too, but they have a much better system than Los Angeles. Um, so no, and I, I think New Jersey takes the cake on traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, heard that too. Yeah, yeah. The, the San Francisco, you at least move. You can move slow. But um, yeah, no. I mean, there's times in New Jersey where you're in a parking lot. Yeah, that's, that's something, you know, I, I listen to a couple of podcasts that are also based out of uh, California, and all the hosts complain about how bad the traffic is. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of a tradition for me to ask uh, West <laughs> Coast guests. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I imagine that's that's a nightmare, too. But, <laughs> but uh, growing up, uh, what, were, what were some of your interests? Like, were you a big movie buff growing okay, up? Were you big yeah. into shows? Uh, like, what, what were some things that you were interested in? Oh, yeah. I've always been into movies um, and music. Those are two of my huge, you know, passions in life. And growing up, my parents were very good about exposing us to all kinds of film. We weren't, you know, I didn't even see Mary Poppins or those, you know, like those girly Disney movies um, until I was actually, I think, you know, well, you know, too, too old. And and part of that is because I have four brothers, three were older and one's younger. And so, you know, it was kind of in our family, it was just, they would do, we would do what, you know, we, what my parents would call movie nights because going to the movies with five kids is just a nightmare. <laughs> I can imagine. So, so, yeah. So we watched a lot of movies at home. Um, we would occasionally go to the movies, of course, and we'd go to the drive through of uh, drive in. But um, my parents, it was sort of like, you know, the movies were just they were supposed to be good movies. Um, it wasn't like they had to dummy down, you know, put on a kid's movie. It was kind of like what everybody could enjoy. So we were exposed to so many different types of, of films. Um and I've just always, you know, always clicked with with really good movies of all, you know, from old, old movies from the 30s and the 40s and, you know, all the way up through till you know, the 80s. And um, 
so that's always, that was always in, in our house. We grew up with a lot of, you know, an appreciation for film um, and music. Music was sort of a daily, um, you know, it, it music was uh, put on daily in our house. So, um, you know, and I, I'll, every one of my brothers plays an instrument. Um, I'm probably the least musically inclined as far as instruments go. Um, my dad plays, he's in a band. He's always played music. Um, my mom's always, um, she loved music. Music was one of her huge passions. So, um, that, that was, yeah, huge in our house. What, uh, what specific instruments do your brothers play? Um, all of them, um, my oldest brother, he, he played bass, um, and all my other brothers, they know how to play the guitar, um, my youngest brother knows how to play <laughs> anything. <laughs> he could he could pick up probably any instrument and play it. His name's Adam Del Rio. He's actually an indie musician. Oh, um, cool. Who, yeah, yeah. He um he put out an EP recently. Um, so and my dad's another one. He can pretty much play anything. Um, he plays banjo. He plays guitar. He plays the mandolin. Um, if you put a piano in front of him, he probably could pick it up. Um, so they're all very musically inclined. That's, that's really cool. I, I've always been jealous of musically inclined people. I, mean, I, I was in, I was in band growing up and I, I played trombone, but never, never really learned how to play like the guitar or anything like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not nearly coordinated enough to do something like that, but, um, it's hard. <laughs> it, it is, it really is. But, uh, going back to movies, what are some specific, um, movies that you, you enjoy growing up because you said you have an appreciation for all types of film, but like what, what are some specific ones that you like maybe more than others? Yeah. I mean, it, it's such a wide range for me. Um, I, you know, like gone with the wind, that's one of my favorite films. Um, that that's absolutely beautiful and groundbreaking for the time that it was shot. But I think as far as movies, I really click with, it's probably the seventies and eighties. Um, particularly the seventies, a lot of my favorite films tend to be around that period. Um, you know, like there's the shining and, and mm -hmm. the exorcist and, um, you know, there was, you know, in the eighties you had the thing and you had, you know, I like a lot of the John Car a lot of the other John Carpenter movies like big trouble in little China. I know it's, it's not really a, a classical masterpiece, but that's, that's <laughs> one of my favorite movies. It's one of my favorites too. Yeah, yeah I love I, that movie. I love it. Love it. Um, like American Royal from London. I'll never get tired of that. Goodfellas. That was in the the later eighties. Um, so it's such a broad spectrum, you know. There's and then there's classics like, um, you know, um, Mildred Pierce, which was I think in the, I want to say the forties. And, you know, I, I like old Marx Brothers movies. I like the Three Stooges, but then I like, you know, the Monty Python movies and, mm -hmm. and this Spinal Tap and um, just so many there. Like some people ask, what's your favorite genre? I cannot possibly name my favorite genre. <laughs> yeah. Na naming off all of those, it, you definitely have a, a wide variety that you oh, enjoy. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm like to think I'm the same way. Cause I, I can sit down and watch, you know, a sci-fi the next day I could sit down and watch, you know, just a classic Western or an adventure oh, type movie, those. anything like yeah. that. 
Oh, uh, totally. Like Clint Eastwood movies. I love West, those Westerns. Yeah, Clint Eastwood is just, he's great. Even now when I see him on TV, I'm like, yes, it's Clint Eastwood. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he is. I love Clint Eastwood. It's, uh, acting, directing, he's one of my favorites. He's awesome. Yeah, he he's great. Uh, mentioning the the Big Trouble in Little China, I, I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a Big Trouble in Little China comic book, and mm. the story is actually written by John Carpenter. Oh wow! Which is really cool, That's and cool. the the characters don't really look like they do in the movies, which kind of bugs me. But reading the dialogue. Like anytime you know Jack Burton is saying something, it's like you can hear Kurt Russell say those exact yeah. words, and it, it's awesome. Uh-huh. That is so cool. Yeah, I got to check that out. Yeah, it's it hasn't been out for very long. I think there's only like six or seven issues of it, but oh, it's, it's new then. Yeah, yeah, it, it's relatively new. It's it's really good. I, I enjoy so it a lot. Yeah, and I it, have the movie like memorized in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> So your your show, uh, the Indie Lounge, we'll, and we'll get to it in a second. But one thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, what made you specifically want to, you know, get into television? Was it like your love of film growing up, or was it like some other type of specific specific thing, or was it just like, hey, this is something I want to try and see how it goes? Yeah, the the television thing, it definitely is is something I want to try. Um, it was more something I wanted to try, but also it's like all the opportunities kind of fell into place to get this show. Um, I've always liked performing. I've always liked being in front of people, whether, you know, when I was a kid, it was, there was acting, dancing, singing, even as an adult, I, I would sing with a, a band and, you know, we'd perform and, um, I've always, I've done plays. I've, I've wanted to get into acting, you know, my whole life pretty much that's, you know, I try to do these side projects, any opportunities I could. Um, and when this opportunity was presented to me, it's like, I just, I jumped on it. I mean, um, and it was all, you know, we met the right people at the right time, everything fell into place. But in addition to that, it's also easy for me to want to promote the types of guests that I have and that I, the type of guests that I want on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very geared towards independent projects and um, you know, whether it be an, an artist that we haven't heard of that, that we can help promote and, and give a voice to on the show um, or it's somebody that we already know, but we didn't know they were involved in the indie world and we're promoting those projects for that person. Um, it's just, it, I feel very fortunate to have a forum where we can promote these these individuals. What um just curious why specifically did you want to cater to the you know independent say filmmakers or musicians like what what was it that specifically made you want to gear towards that uh I guess you'd call it demographic. Right. Well, I think it's all the work that I've actually seen Jack put into his independent movies. Um I, I met Jack, you know, in pre-production of Infliction, and I basically was there um, the entire time from pre-production to post-production to even now. We're still marketing it together. Um, I basically saw all the work that this man has put into this and all the passion and all the blood, the sweat and the tears 
And it gave me a whole new appreciation of what it's like to be an indie filmmaker. Um, I mean, it, 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 people put so much into these projects and we've met people along the way, you know, we've met other indie artists, whether they're singer songwriters, you know, trying to, you know, I have a couple of friends who are singer songwriters and like my brother, he's trying to get his stuff out. And, um, it's the passion that goes into this and, and the rogue, you know, marketing. And, um, I just basically, you know, I love helping Jack with, with his stuff. I mean, he's easy to root for. First of all, he's got great films also, but in addition to that, it's, it's just something I, I want to be a part of his passion, you know, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, and that goes for, for, you know, all these, the guests I've had on, are all very passionate and it's so easy for me to want to, um, you know, promote them and, and tell people about them and spread the word. So it sort of tunes into my passion too, as, as, you know, in a, in a way I'm an artist as well. And, um, you know, this is sort of like, it, it's fun for me because I get to get out there, I get in front of the camera and that's sort of feeding my passion, but even more so it's, it's, you know, it's just easy to want to promote these these artists. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way with doing my show because I've had a lot of you know indie filmmakers, musicians, artists, and it, it it's kind of cool to hear their story because you know you can you can read so much about them. Say when you're doing prep work or doing research for a guest, but and I don't know if you feel the same way, but doing an interview, you learn so many cool things that you yeah. otherwise wouldn't have known and everybody has their own interesting story. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree with you on that completely. And it's just interesting. It, it's interesting. I like, I like conversing with people. I like listening. I'm a pretty good listener. So I think, you know, that, that helps a lot in, in doing interviews. Oh, Definitely. Definitely, because uh, you know, we were talking briefly about that uh, before we started, is that you know I'll come up with a set list of questions to ask the guest, but they may say something that I wasn't expecting them to say at all. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting, so I want to elaborate more on that. And yeah. it could end up going in a completely different direction. And that that's, to me, the cool thing about you know being the host is just learning and seeing it from the guest perspective and seeing things that you may not have known otherwise is, yeah. you know, it's, it's its own rewarding experience. I mean, they're getting to promote their stuff and you're getting to, you know, not just help them, but you're learning new things as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And, um, it's funny when I first started, I was scripting like every single question. <laughs> mm -hmm. So as you know, it's like it's good to come up like I love what you did. It's a guideline. That's now I, I do the same thing that you do. I come up with a guideline, but it it never follows that and it's so easy to be thrown if if it doesn't go in that order. And you know, the most natural conversations happen on the fly. Oh, absolutely. And, right? I mean, some of my, my best interviews have been where I just kind of forget about my cards and I just talk, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there was one interview I did back in November where I had 
you know, I had my list of nine or ten questions, and after question, I think it was two or three, it was very early in the interview, I just said, screw the notes, and we just talked for 45 <laughs> minutes, and it was one of my favorite interviews that I yeah. ever did, so it, it, it's That's just, cool. It, it's cool, you know, doing this type of thing and, and getting to learn new things, but um, who who have been some of the guests that you've had on your show? Well, we've just shot uh, episode eight, but we're we're currently airing episode six. We shoot them in advance um, because it's a monthly show, mm-hmm. and um, the studio goes on hiatus in the summertime, so we're shooting a couple of extras before that hiatus. Um, we have had. I'm I'm very lucky. I have had a wide range of guests, and honestly. Just, I, I can't believe the guests we've had so far. Um, you know, the first the first episode was with Jack, which went, of course, that went great because we, you know, we had the chemistry, already knew so much about him. It was a very easy uh, episode. Right. Um, and then I, I went on to have a singer-songwriter who also does a, a one-woman show. Her name's Zara Phillips, and... Um, her one woman play was directed by the actor, Eric Roberts. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then I had this really cool local friend of ours, Brian Jarolowski, who's a comic book designer, um, and works the horror convention circuit. Um, we've had, um, a guy named John DeBellis who wrote for SNL and David Letterman and, um, you know, basically, he was a stand-up comic during the heyday of stand-up comics with Joe Piscopo and um, Larry David. They're all still really close, so he's part of that group, and that was a great interview. Um, we've got another filmmaker, Ted A. Bohus, who does sci-fi horror films. Then um, we've also had some well-known guys. Like, you know, we've had we've had people who have worked with well-known people. We've had well-known people. Um, Jackie, the joke man, Martling from Howard Stern. Um, Mm -hmm. we we just wrapped up his episode. Um, and that was really cool. We had another kid who directed a music video for the Lumineers. I don't know if you're familiar with the Lumineers. They're, um, a band, a really famous band right now. Uh, Um, they're, they don't sound familiar. Yeah, no, so I guess it's a certain genre. Um, but, um, then this, the last one, episode eight, which is, you know, we're waiting until, uh, I think it's it, July is when it comes out. I don't know if you're familiar with the show Happy Days. Mm-hmm. We had Don Most, who played Ralph Mouth in Happy Days on. I saw that on the, the Indie Lounge Facebook page, and, and I, I was like, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I loved watching Happy Days. Yeah, I mean, that's, I know, right? I mean, that's sort of, that's like an all-American, I mean, that that show is one I don't remember when I saw the first episode. It's kind of always just been there with me, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, although Don Most and Jackie Martling were are mainstream, they also, what a lot of people don't know, is that Jackie Martling is also a singer-songwriter who put out an album, and a lot of songs are parody, but some aren't. He knows how to play guitar. He sings. That's it. he's got. Um, he does his own indie comic tour. Um, and then with Don Most, um, he um, directed three indie feature films. He acts in indies, and he's also a, a big band swing singer um, who's doing a tour right now. 
Um, so like I said, it's, this is about, you know, not only indie artists that, that we haven't yet discovered, it's also about, you know, maybe people who are mainstream, but have indie projects going on. Um, you know, and I've been very lucky for a, a cable access show to get these guests so far. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and to get someone from happy days and, you know, whenever I, I saw that picture, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was a little envious. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, that's cool. He's like the nicest guy, like the nicest guy. Like That's in the great. <laughs> it is, yeah. And it, it's good whenever you do get a mainstream guest and you see that they're just like, you know, just like you and I, oh, they're, yeah. they're just normal people. Cause a few yeah. weeks ago I interviewed, uh, Jake Plummer, who's a former NFL quarterback and, oh, awesome. and he was one of the coolest people I've ever met. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. And he, and he, he was just great. It was just like talking to a normal person. Yeah. So it, it is, it, it's great because to me, you don't really have a reason to, you know, have an attitude just because you've been in film or you've played sports or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it's good when, you know, they don't have, you know, a huge ego or no, anything, yeah. which yeah. Uh, speaking of sports. And I wanted to, to ask you about this because I remember when we were exchanging over email, you said that you're actually a big baseball fan. Yeah, well, particularly the SF Giants. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, have you always been a baseball fan? Yeah, I was born and raised a baseball fan. My parents, it was, you know, they'd go around with t-shirts that said baseball is life and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my older brother, um, Danny, he actually um, was a, you know, he's always been a ball player. A, a lot of my brothers played ball, but um, he was he was very much into it to the point where he almost got um, drafted by the Chicago, um, the, the, oh my God, the Cubs. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He was an amazing pitcher and then he got hurt. So it didn't really pan out. But, um, in my house, it's definitely baseball was huge, whether you liked it or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and with you, especially now living in the Northeast, cause I, I don't, I don't know for sure how it is up there, but I always associate the Northeast with being, you know, a baseball community, I guess you'd call it. Cause yeah. you've got the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets. Yeah. So yeah, I, it, it, to me, it seems like baseball is kind of the big thing in the Northeast. Yeah. I think it's in, in my experience. Well, it might be because of Jack's. He's like a huge football guy. He likes baseball too, but he's all about football. Mm -hmm. Like we have football like around like year. I don't know how it's even possible, but we have football in our house like year round. <laughs> You know, with the draft and everything. So um, he's a big football fan, but and a lot of people are. It's it's the the Jets and the Giants, and right. Um, it seems like it might be more football. I'm sure in, in Boston, of course, it's the Red Sox, and which is cool. I, I like the Red Sox too. Um, and and yeah, there. Yeah, it seems like I just hear a lot about football more than anything. Um, right. But San Francisco. It's, you know, I, I don't know, I guess in my surroundings, it was just always, it's the giants, the giants are, are like everything. Um, you know, and the Niners are good. I, you know, as far as football goes, I, if it's not the Niners, I'm kind of like indifferent to not, 
you know, I, I don't mind it being on. I, I, again, growing up with four brothers, you really don't have a say in <laughs> like anything. So, <laughs> but especially sports. Um, so I never mind it. You know, if football's on, I don't really care. So who is, uh, who's Jack's football team? The Eagles. The Eagles. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. It's all about the Eagles. Um, I, I, he was born in Philly, so it's that's sort of in his team. That's his family's team and everything. Um, I'll, I'll have to make a note of that and uh, ask him about that when I have him back yeah. on the show. <laughs> He'll love it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. So um, what kind of advice could you give to someone who maybe wants to, uh, you know, be on a TV show or, or host a show similar to uh, what you're doing? Well, you know, it's about finding the right, the right place. I know you can, you can initiate, you definitely initiating yourself is, is, um, is key. Um, being persistent, actually doing the work. Like, you know, I've, I've reached out, I, I started on one channel. I reached out to several New Jersey cable channels and, you know, I've, I've definitely, I've gotten picked up by a few more, um, but it's it's also you know I plan not I, I plan to keep reaching out and and um, you know increasing the channels that the show airs on, so I would definitely say it's just you have to get out there and do the work, um, you know write up a press release. Um, I mean I guess first and foremost you have to find a studio to shoot at, um, and that's a possibility. I was fortunate enough to just you know meet the right people, um, but there are ways of of approaching. Uh, these stations that need programming and, you know, get a, get all your ducks in a row, get your press release, get all your social media sites set up. Um, and, and just, it's a matter of just doing it. You have to just, just do it, research how to do it. Um, and then when you have the show, my biggest advice is do not get in your head once the cameras turn on, because that's something that I've learned how to, um, and I still do a little bit, especially, oh my God, with Don most, I was so nervous. <laughs> like I couldn't help but be in my head. Right. The interview. Um, but, but prior to that, it's, it's practice makes perfect. Um, you know, I've gotten more comfortable as each episode shoots, you know, um, but not getting in your head and, and just, just having fun with it and rolling with it. And that's the, best advice I can probably give at this point. No, that's, that's very good advice. And I, I totally agree about the, you know, don't get in your head. Cause there have been some interviews where I'm just sitting there waiting for the person to get on Skype or to show up and I'll start to overthink it and I'll actually make myself nervous and psych myself out. <laughs> so it's, yeah. you just have to think of it as, you know, a conversation. I mean, with you, since you do an on camera TV show, then like at least my mind frame would be just pretend the camera's not even there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, I've gotten used to it. Um, definitely like before, Oh my gosh, thank God it's not live. I don't know how people do live TV like that to me would probably just freak me out <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that's just, you have no room for error, at least with us. Like when I first started out, we were able to, to, okay, that outro sucked. You know, I got to do that over again. I got in my head. I was getting really tongue tied. 
Um, now I don't, I, I just, I realize that it's more trouble than it's worth to cut and reshoot. Um, so I kind of act like it's a live show, but you know, I, I'm really glad to have that buffer of it not being live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, a couple more things. Um, you're, you're hosting a TV show now. What are, is that what you want to do or would you eventually maybe want to, you know, do some type of acting? That's what I, I would love to. That's as much as I love this, it's a different type of, of thing altogether. This is sort of like, even though I have to be on and I, you know, I can't, you know, I'm still on and I'm interviewing people. It's not the same as getting a role and being somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think I definitely would be more inclined to, you know, do acting. Like that would be more my, my passion. And, and I mean, this is too, but this is, like I said, this is more like it's me, you know, there's no, there's no real acting, you know, that, that isn't being, um, you know, fed or, or whatever, whatever you want to say. So I do hope to do more acting in in the future. Absolutely. That's what I, what I want to do. Cool. And, uh, last question uh, how can people find the Indie Lounge on both television and on social media? Yes. Um, so we are at our website where you can actually watch all the episodes is www. Sorry. I'm like, I'm like, did I say like five W's just there? <laughs> um, www.indielounge.tv.com. And our, the channels that we're on, um, in New Jersey, we're on Cablevision Channel 19 in Morris, um, sorry, in South Orange. And we are Cablevision Channel 21 in Morris County, New Jersey. BIOS Channels 22 and 44 in South Orange. And in Maplewood, New Jersey, uh, we're on Channel 35 and BIOS Channels 22 and 35. Cool. Well, Mandy, thank you very much for coming on the show. This was fun. Yeah, thank you, Derek. I really appreciate it. Thank you once again to Mandy Del Rio for coming on the show and having that wonderful conversation. And be sure to check out the Indie Lounge on YouTube. Next week, we will be looking back into the world of filmmaking with filmmaker Mr. Jack Thomas Smith. And trust me, you will definitely want to check out that episode. Don't forget you can find all of our shows on nerdcavenetwork.com. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Every Monday we have the Derek Diamond Experience. Tuesday is the Nerd Cave Podcast. Wednesday is Fist of Monkey. Thursday is the Pop Culture Palette. And every other Friday is Time for Comics. But until next time, I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we will see you guys next Monday. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.